The blast from our past network. Hot right? Hot right? Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, we are two super fans giving you every episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> back to back to back to back. Uh, I'm Adam. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> I'm Corey. <laughs> yeah. And just being very stupid. Uh, but this episode, we are going to give you the cafe, the calf, the kefa. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's cafe, I guess. I, why am I so fucking stupid? <laughs> no, well, just it's 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 you know a little little inside baseball for you guys. We always record two episodes back to back, so <laughs> we just recorded the parking garage, and you know we're forty five bins into our first you know second beer now. So you know uh, the second yeah. episode usually gets a little bit more loosey goosey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very loosey-goosey, so I apologize. I um, hope we don't lose a lot of, of listeners from <laughs> Yeah, dude, if idiocy. we're going to lose them, we lost them in the first two seconds. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, all right, this is uh, Season 3, Episode 7. As I mentioned, it's The Cafe, and it aired on November 6th, 1991. Uh, Corey, my man, what is the overall synopsis of this episode? Yes, sir, The Cafe. A small failing restaurant brings out Jerry's sympathy, but when the owner, Babu Bhatt, takes his advice, things go from bad to worse. Elaine helps George cheat on an IQ test, but their caper backfires thanks to Kramer and his stolen jacket. All right. Well, let's break that down a little bit more and kind of see exactly what they're talking about right with that. Uh, and per usual, we start off with a stand-up bit, uh, this one about store locations. All right, this one, for me personally, is one of the most relatable ones I, I think he's ever done. Because you know there's always this one location in your neighborhood where nothing can sort of stay in business. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of retail. Stores open up and they just kind of disappear. I think we all kind of can relate to that. And he says, eventually mm -hmm. when aliens land, like in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the bottom of the mothership will open up and a bunch of like store owners will just kind of file out. And they'll be like, I thought there'd be more foot traffic. And that's how it ends. But I, dude, I've seen that so many times. And especially in LA, there's all these little pockets of these little strip mall pockets, especially up in the valley. And I don't know what it is, but there's always that one location that just can't keep mm -hmm. a business in there to save its life. We've always seen it. I think that is so relatable, even to today, and to the point where. I think about it. Like when I see like a specific location turn over with their stores, I literally think of this stand-up bit that Jerry talks about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a black hole. It's a Bermuda Triangle for stores. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with the uh, relatability. Um, even I haven't been in, in the town that I live in now for all that long, but I, I immediately made me think of that exact spot that I've already, that I know, and I've already seen a place turn over. And I've heard other people say, oh my God, you know, that, that, location can just never keep a restaurant or keep a whatever um so yeah definitely relatable and where it, this bit lost me is <laughs> where this bit lost me is the alien shit and that's where i what i my only note i almost don't make any notes on the on these stand-ups because that's your thing but on this one i wrote weak bit just because of that that alien thing was just like 
Uh, that's stupid, but I agree with the relatability. And I think sometimes we see what the issue with Jerry's stand-up routine is. He's got the idea. There's something there. You know there's a joke there. The observation is there. But he just can't quite always bring it home. (laughs) Now, I have to disagree. I thought the ending was was good on this one. And especially in comparison to the Garage episode where, if you guys remember last week when we talked about the Garage, like almost all of those stand-up bits that he did all had like this solid like premise, like a premise that we all understood. But the like the the joke where he brought it home with, like I thought were all bad and unrelatable, like with the suction cups and all this kind of stuff. This one, this one I was like, okay, he's he's already, he's tying it into the whole Bermuda Triangle thing and now he's bringing it. It worked for me. I don't think anyone needed to spend five minutes talking but, about it, but it worked for me. <laughs> but you're no, you're you're a conspiracy theory nut, yes, and so you yes. go into like aliens and shit like that, and you're you immediately perk up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yep. and, and I don't give a fuck about any of that, and I'm just like, ugh, lame. And you're just like, ooh, aliens, ooh, 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 okay. Uh, and it's just like, no, man, that was a bad bit. And you're like, ooh, this makes it bit good. And I'm just, yeah, you know me so well. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Jerry and George are, um, standing right outside of his apartment looking at this restaurant. Apparently no one is going in. Uh, we see this, uh, Pakistani guy. Uh, we know he's Babu, but, um, he's standing out. He's like, you know, he's getting so excited. He's trying to get people into his restaurant and no one's coming in and George and Jerry are feeling bad for him. Um, we get just a couple other little things what's going to be happening in this story uh george mentions that his girlfriend wants him to take an iq test and you know george being the you know worrisome dude that he is he's worried about being found out as the moron that he is uh which everybody just immediately agrees with pretty much like (laughs) everyone knows yeah you're not going to do great on this iq test which yeah i agree with as well (laughs) George, (laughs) george he can be cunning at time times maybe maybe i don't know if that's the right word but when it comes to like problem solving ability and like even trivial knowledge that is not him none of that yeah no he he has every right to be afraid <laughs> be afraid yeah. be very afraid george yep. i i do, I do love yeah. this scene though the the back and forth between jerry and george felt very natural very it was very funny. It was, a, it was a lot of fun back and forth between the two. And, you know, Jerry's got his little quips and George is like, oh, I don't know why I tell you anything. Jerry's like, no, no, I'm listening. I'm listening. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like as, you know, as two dude friends, it felt like a very two dudes talking, you know? Yeah. Uh, we do find out that George lies about what he got on the SAT. Uh, I think that's kind of funny. He says that he got a 1409, which one, I'm pretty sure you don't get those last numbers like that, I'm pretty sure they always end in like a zero uh, with SAT scores. Yeah. Fairly certain um, that it's, you score by tens or something like that. Um, But uh, that just kind of made me think, you know, about what did you get on the SAT, my man? (sighs) Shit, dude, this is over 20 years ago. I think I got, I want to say 1250 or something. Is that dumb? (laughs) Am I dumb, dumb? No, that's what, that's what I, I, I believe I got the same. I, I either got a 1250 or a 1350. I, I think I tend to say 1350 like George, <laughs> but I but I it probably is more 1250, but I legitimately can't remember which one it is. But but can I just say that it's 
like doesn't mean anything anymore like dude like <laughs> the SATs didn't mean anything freaking one second after I got into college like I, yeah I, I don't get the point of it <laughs> you know I mean if you get a high enough score I think you can get into Mensa with it oh, okay. uh, that got doesn't it. really do anything for you uh, other than getting into Mensa um, my wife's in Mensa love her she's oh. fantastic oh. <laughs> but uh, you know she she does she she enjoys that. <laughs> What's she doing with you again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, but yeah, I just I I find that humorous because I think a lot of people probably lie on their SATs about what they got, especially afterwards, because it doesn't mean anything afterwards. And so you can say, oh yeah, fuck it, no, I got a fifteen twenty, and, and who's gonna <laughs> give a shit because it doesn't mean anything after the fact. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in the apartment. Uh, Jerry is still scoping out that cafe. He's really, you know, curious and worried about this uh, this one restaurant, and he wants he wants good for Babu Bad. He wants he wants this guy to succeed, and he's kind of legitimately worried about it. And this uh, is George come. This is when he's wearing the, the the turtleneck up above his nose or whatever. Mm. Yes, and, uh, yeah, he did something. There's, yeah. It starts off with something silly like that, which I kind of just negated because I did, I thought it was weird. Well, and he said uh, Lane looks at him or something. Uh, I think she makes yeah. a comment about it, and he goes Bazooka Joe, and I was like, and that was it, and I was like. Okay, you mean like the gum? And then I I, I, yeah. I paused it. I googled the you know Bazooka Joe gum, <laughs> and I was like, but he doesn't wear a thing. Of, like Mm-mm. I was like, what is he referencing when he says Bazooka Joe right there? I was like, that's weird. But you know, moving on. There's yeah. no point to dwell on that one. So we we didn't find out the information. No, no, there's no information. That was a complete waste <laughs> okay. of, of everyone's time <laughs> everywhere right now. Okay. Then yeah, I'm gonna move on because I honestly didn't give a fuck about that comment. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, I'm gonna move past it. Um. George comes over, uh, the IQ IQ test comes up, and Elaine just kind of casually drops that she got a 145 on her IQ, which would qualify her for Mensa. Uh, I think you have to have like a 142 or maybe it's 130-something. My wife told me, but I can't remember because we watched this episode together. Um, You can't remember because you're not smart enough to remember what your wife can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're not a (laughs) dum-dum. Fuck you again. Uh, (laughs) I, 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 you know what? I debated if I wanted to take uh, the Mensa test just to see if I could get in. But part of me is like, maybe I don't want my wife to know that I'm a moron. Like George doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't want to be the so, George here, dude. Better not to know and just pretend. Exactly. Now she can just assume that, yeah, you know, I married a fairly smart guy. So I don't want to. Why prove that you're an idiot? <laughs> why? <you know? laughs> why prove her wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so. George comes up with the idea of Elaine uh, taking the test for him, and she is all for it. You know, she she's it's I like it because, you know, when you uh, prompt Elaine to kind of do something nefarious, she seems to be all for it. You know, very similar to uh, the roofie. Um, we know she's like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to Mickey this guy. You know, I want I want to be a little bit bad because she's usually, you know, a good person. Well. She's not a good person. None of them are a good person, but she's maybe maybe one of the nicer and more like humane of any of them. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and she does it because it's a caper. Mm-hmm. That's why she does yeah. it. She's like, oh, it's like a caper. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that that's what specifically got her into it because she could mm-hmm. be a part of a caper. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, to me is very similar to the Mickey scene. 
Yeah. Like it's almost it's almost very similar, just style as to why she wants to do it and, and how excited she gets for it. Right. And I and I love the fact that bless you, that um when when they go to high five, he hits her in the head, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course yeah. is, I mean she needs her head for <laughs> but yes. I like that. And earlier on, real quick, um when they were talking about the the, the Latin you know that they were they were saying that that Latin phrase when George first yeah got in yeah, there. yeah I did kind of skip through that yeah well it, the only reason I want to bring it back is earlier in the scene there was a callback where uh, George says something about being smart and Jerry's like oh no one thinks that you're you know no one think that thinks that way about you and I liked it I tracked it because it was a direct callback to the scene prior and it showed that Jerry was actually paying attention when George was talking, Mm. even though Jerry was like doing his little quips or whatever. And George Mm -hmm. even said, Oh, if you're not going to listen, I'm not going to tell you. And it was a direct remark that remarks back to that conversation, which I liked because it it showed that he was actually listening to George the entire time, which I think is, he's actually a good friend. That's actually a good friend right there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that, but you know, that's, that's why you're here, Corey. (laughs) Yeah, to pick up on the useless shit. Yeah. So they kind of decide in this caper that, you know, she's going to go do it and she's going to take the IQ test and there and she's going to do it at the Dream Cafe because it's a a perfect place that is super quiet, you know, and she'll do it there. Uh, We cut to Jerry. He goes into the cafe here. We actually meet Babu Bhatt for the first time. Uh, We've seen him, but like now we actually got to meet him, talk to him. Uh, He's played by Brian George. He is is a really good character actor. You've seen him in a honestly probably a lot of different things. If, to me, he's always going to be Babu Bot. He he was the Kutherpali's dad in um, the Big Bang Theory show, and he's just been, done a bunch of other stuff as well. But you know, he'll he'll forever be my Babu. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love him. I love him. Babu. And oh. did 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 you? Did you notice that Jerry's wearing that giant uh, neon pink shirt again? You commented on that shirt like two episodes ago. And I said, oh, he's wearing a matching shirt to Elaine. You didn't care about my comment. You kept talking about your (laughs) stuff about how too big it is. And uh, now, because you infected my brain with that, I was like, oh, yeah, that shirt really is big. But the weird thing is. I feel like on TV shows, you don't see people wearing the same clothes, like same outfit over yeah. again or whatever. And it was just weird. I was like, huh, he's wearing the same shirt he wore like a few episodes ago. I did not. For some reason, it didn't. That didn't click with me this time. Well, and but before we leave the scene, though, I will say another interesting fact is that we don't get a lot of voiceovers on the show. You know, it doesn't happen a lot, but this has like to be the internal, the most eternal monologue. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The eternal monologue voiceovers, but this has to be the most famous of all the Seinfeld monologues where he's like the whole entire episode and all he's like, yes. you know, I am good. I am a good guy. I, I, this one has to be the most famous. So this one, uh, this one starts off with basically Babu is so grateful. He's so excited to have a customer. You know, he's just he's telling him, "Oh, you're so great. You're you're a very kind man, very kind man." And he's just like pushing that on. And so when he heads out to like get some of the food, yes, as you call it, that that internal monologue of Jerry, and it is probably one of the first one. I do like you know that he just starts saying, "Oh, I am, I am really kind. I'm a really good guy." And then he kind of puts himself in a check, and I, I do I, I appreciate that. It's better than the Stephen Tobolowsky use of Jerry's internal monologue. Yes. Yeah, that was maybe one of my more least favorite ones. Agreed. I feel like he should have said that out loud because the next scene that he's with Stephen Tobolowsky, he says that kind of shit out loud. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? It should be one or the other. A hundred percent. But this is an example of how to do internal monologues correctly. Agreed. 
so Elaine comes in and Jerry, uh, you know, he's pressuring her to get to get some of the food because, uh, you know, he's trying to help out Babu uh, and she gets rigatoni, um, you know, he's so th- th- which we didn't really mention. This this cafe is called the Dream Cafe and they serve dip tons of different types of food. They used to have Franken, Franks and beans, rigatoni, like uh, just a, like a dish from like bunch of different types of of rest of uh different countries things like yeah. that uh, random random cuisine yeah and it was the idea for this was pulled completely and totally from tom leopold uh one of the writers he wrote this episode and literally this entire thing was like happened to him where this this restaurant like this you know uh, it was like an ethnic uh, someone who uh, i think i probably pakistani um but then he would go there and he lived right next door and he would go there and this guy would have like this huge menu of like a gazillion different things and it's just like but no one was coming in there and it was because yeah he had no sort of targeted you know market that he was shooting for he was just trying to shoot for everybody but yeah tom leopold got uh this from that and he also got the iq test scenario uh from his own life as well where uh his like he was dating somebody who was you know a grad student trying to be a psychologist or something and he had to take the their the iq test for them and he just was like totally terrified that you know this person (laughs) was gonna discover that he was a moron right like that's everyone's (laughs) fear right (laughs) yeah so that's funny. When, when I think of restaurants that have like just too big of menus, the first one that comes to my head, and not a lot of people are going to know about this. So this is probably a terrible story. Um, but I think of Barney's Beanery in Los mm. Angeles. Mm-hmm. That place has just way too big of a fucking menu. It is insane. It's just page. I mean, very similar to like a Cheesecake Factory, um, but like just page after page after page of just all different types of cuisine. And so you know none of it's any like it's not great. It's going to be it'll be okay like frozen food or whatever that they heat up right in the spot or microwave or whatever, but it's not going to be great stuff because they don't they don't really focus on stuff. Right, but what they do focus on at Barney's Beanery is the massive beer selection. <laughs> yeah, they have a huge and so that's why uh, a lot I mean they're they're not struggling for business because they typically have a good bit of people there at times because pe- drunk people will eat whatever. Yes. Um, and I and I've gotten drunk there multiple times and so yes. I've eaten there. <laughs> yes. Times, yes. So. <laughs> yes, me too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shout anyway. out to Barney's Beanery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a sponsor, but maybe one day. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Kramer now comes into the restaurant. So this restaurant that didn't have anybody now has got three different customers coming in. Uh, Kramer pops in and he is just being, you know, uh, quite annoying to Elaine. Uh, and actually one thing that I caught, I don't know if you caught this when he came in, I felt like I almost heard a semi cheer when he came in, but they, it kind of got squashed pretty quickly but i feel like it was almost like a oh kramer's now in the scene and then it kind of got it died away but it wasn't like the full-blown thing yet so i am curious when we're gonna get the full-blown yeah no we we are both basically uh waiting with bated (laughs) breath for that to happen and i'm with you i kind of heard it too it's starting to build up dude it's starting to build up and i'm wondering if we're gonna get it this season or the next it's getting there it's getting there uh um i will say my only note for this part of the scene was Dude, Kramer was annoying as hell. Like, you know, like he was just it, it, leave your friend alone if they if they, you know, ask you to. Right. Like, yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how close you are to that person. You're still being annoying. Uh, absolutely. He's being quite annoying. And like what I don't understand is, you know, Jerry knows the situation. He could answer all these questions to Kramer. 
but he's just kind of sitting back and not doing anything and allowing Kramer to be, you know, very annoying to Elaine. Uh, also, you know, he talks about this whole jacket scenario that, you know, guy left it, you know, who's apparently banging his mom or whatever, uh, left at her place. And now he he has it. And but the guy wants it back. So did you notice that that was actually layered in in the previous episode? George was talking to Jerry when they were. Wa- I'm sorry. George was talking yes. to Kramer when they were walking around. He said, I'd like your jacket. Where'd you get it? Somebody left it at my mom's house. So like. That doesn't happen very often in Seinfeld where you get these like connective sort of tissues like that, especially ones that are extremely focused like this one. But uh, I tracked that. I was like, holy crap. Because I I don't know why I noticed it in the first one. I was like, oh, because I guess maybe because he was talking about Kramer's mom. I was like, okay. I I was paying attention to it because you were getting insight into like Kramer's life and then kind of forgot about it. And then it's coming up here again. I'm like, oh, my God, they're they're using it. They're still using the jacket. That's cool. Okay. I mean, we got lucky on this one because, as you've already mentioned, we do episodes, you know, two at a time the way we record and um, and we prep and, and then record about them. Uh, because we did, you know, that kind of thing where we just happened to find that in the first episode, you know, they referenced it in this one. Uh, I probably if we were doing it separately and it was like something that we recorded last week or the week before, I probably would have completely forgotten about that and it wouldn't have been something to mention. But, yeah, I did pick up on that. I think I was maybe a little tired last night and wasn't really paying attention because like I might have thought like, wait, I, I, I absolutely now remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, did they talk about that in the last episode or was that brought up earlier in this episode and I just can't remember? Yeah. But you've clarified that now for me. And it was such a little throwaway thing. It wasn't even yeah. like a big deal. It was only one little like exchange, whereas here it's like a thing. But yeah, dude, mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. If we didn't record these back to back, I cannot guarantee that I would have even have tracked that. But I like it. I'm glad that they did it. I like, I don't need every episode to have crazy connective tissue, but man, no. focusing on a jacket that was at Kramer's mom's house, that's a fun little thing to to keep over from two episodes yeah yeah it is just a a nice little thing and particularly you know being able to stream these now and binge them you can kind of get that a little bit better and it's it's fun Uh, i do like his his the conversation that they're having about statue of limitations versus statute (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean that is something i mean again very relatable little moment where if it's not that exact thing, there's always little phrases that people fuck up and you're just like, no, 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 it's definitely statue. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, totally you know, relatable, but not huge. at all relatable today because you would just Google it on your phone. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. Um, you know, I want to just point out the good physical humor where Babu gives Kramer a steaming hot towel, which giving a steaming hot towel, he even says piping hot like steaming towel and gives it to people is a terrible idea uh, for, you know, a restaurant business. I don't think unless it was like after dinner where they could wipe themselves up. Maybe that would make the most sense. Yeah. But not at the very beginning. But uh, yeah. I mean, you get Kramer being physical humor, uh, which makes a bunch of sense and, and it works well, especially with Elaine trying to pay attention to what she's doing yeah he and and like because he flips over the chair and then basically winds up under the table next to them i mean i don't know how he doesn't get hurt in some of these physical things that he does but i mean that's why he's so damn good at what he does yeah very true uh so you know picking up the rigatoni babu spills it all over the iq test uh you know she's obviously upset uh and uh, you know, as she kind of leaves to go give the test back to George because the time's up, um, Jerry decides to kind of, you know, stick his nose in 
a place that probably doesn't belong, but he wants to help. He wants to give Babu some unsolicited advice. Uh, and it's that he feels, you know, this restaurant would be better off as a full Pakistani restaurant, the only authentic Pakistani restaurant in the neighborhood, as opposed to being, um, you know, this all over place that's, you know, that's really nothing special. Now, actually, I 100% agree with his advice. Yes, that's me too. I wrote down, uh, yeah. and even back in the day, even back when I was mm-hmm. younger, you know, and not didn't know anything about anything, I thought that that was great advice. Yeah, wh- don't be a jack of all trades, master of none. Be the only Pakistani, you know, restaurant in the neighborhood. And I, I thought that was fantastic advice. Yeah, I, I think maybe they're only like, you know, maybe 10, 20 years late, the hipster movement hasn't really kind of started where it's just like, oh, I only want, you know, the super exclusive stuff. Oh, you know, I only eat Pakistani restaurants and others, you know, just stuff that, oh, and it's not even just that, but like the foodie kind of movement of, oh, you want to try exotic cuisines or you want to try like authentic kind of stuff, which is much more today. Like I want to try more authentic stuff. I moved from Los Angeles that had so many goddamn restaurants. I don't even have a Thai food restaurant where I live now. And it really makes me upset because I fucking love Thai food. <laughs> and I wish, I wish, you know, if I, I have no idea if I would like Pakistani food, but like I would love to know and try an authentic restaurant. And I think that's a great idea, but uh, unfortunately it doesn't really go that way for Babu. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, dude, and, you know, you and I both lived in L.A., and the one of the best things about L.A. is all the different fantastic foods around. Dude, Korean barbecue in Mm K-Town, Thai food around every corner, and every single one of them is amazing. And I'm in Oregon, and Oregon is great for beer. We have a lot of beer up here that's awesome, and a lot of, like, you know, tavern pub pub food type of things which i love that's probably my my favorite food is sandwich so or burger right like that's my favorite (laughs) thing and uh so it's great but like you said it sucks not having like a pakistani option it sucks not having thai food i don't know where the hell a thai place is around here and i don't know if i'm ever going to get it again um Mm -hmm. and and uh, the only thing i got to say about this little part right here is I almost feel like they kind of go in a little bit of a racist direction because Jerry ends the mm. scene by saying, I don't, you know, he says, I've never, of course, I've never had Pakistani yeah. food. How bad could it be? Implying yep. that, like, inherently, I think that the overall joke here is that Pakistani food sucks and it's yeah. and the white people won't like it. I think Which is that's ridiculous. the joke. Yeah. And they don't ever. They don't ever hit it home as that's the joke, but I feel like them putting what Jerry said in his internal monologue about how bad could it be, I think they're implying that that's the problem, and I think that's pretty racist. I I wrote that down, too, um, that I had an issue with that line. Uh, I mean, particularly because it's just like, wait a minute, you know, you've never even had it, like— also being you know with with other food from that region indian food is fucking amazing yeah like are you gonna tell me that pakistani food is probably it's probably not all that intensely different but it's gonna probably at least some similar spice bases yeah um just to be like whoa whoa, whoa." like what exactly what kind of joke are they setting up here i mean the joke is that they're setting up like maybe it's, it's foreshadowing that of the failure but it's like wait a minute why Pakistani food, I'm sure, is fucking awesome. Yeah, and so. and that's that's the problem. Like with with looking at this episode through a 2019 lens, yeah. is that we've been exposed to so many different foods that it's you're, you just have to be like, look. I want to try everything. I may not like things, but nothing is inherently bad. It just you just haven't experienced it yet. Yeah, true. Um, 
total side note tangent that I wanted to bring up because you brought up about like how much like Thai food there was in Los Angeles and stuff like that. So there's there's two things that I realized Los Angeles has just an insane amount of. It's small little Thai food restaurants and like small individual donut shops. Mm, yeah, they're everywhere. And so my wife and I, for a long time, we couldn't find. We were trying to find the perfect corner. The perfect intersection that would have either four donut shops on each four <laughs> corners or four Thai restaurants or something on each corner. We were trying to find, like, there's got to be one of those that exists. I did find one corner that had three Thai food restaurants on three of the corners, but not the fourth. And oh. I was just like, damn it. Oh. It was so close. And it was, it was in, in like, um, uh, Van Nuys area or sorry, close to NoHo. Okay. Uh, but it was just like, it was just like, damn it. I, I know there's going to be, because like there's, there is an insane amount of donut shops. You think of Los Angeles, a lot of people think of like, oh, the fit, you know, kind of Valley people or, you know, Hollywood-esque kind of people. Their donut shops are insane over there. I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and burger joints. There's a shit ton yeah. of burger joints in L.A. too. Everywhere you go, and that, like we said about the food, another thing I miss is that you know out here there's there's not as many, but like I don't like like the TGI Fridays. I don't like the Applebee's, yeah. and there's no. none of that in L.A. It's all just mom and pop boutique restaurants, every single one of them, and I do miss that. I really do. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you so. you've now been listening to the L.A. Foodie <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I'm going to reel it back over to Seinfeld. Um, George tries to explain these rigatoni stains to Monica. Uh, I do like how casual he is with it. He's so confident. Just like, well, yeah, of course I just went out the window. You know, of course I do. I just, I was just hungry. I wanted to go get some stuff. I got some coffee. I got some, uh, some pasta or whatever. And it's good. And she just, she kind of, you know, allows it. She's just like, you're a very interesting man, George Costanza. And well, because like, yeah, he says that. it with such conviction and it, it's the, it's the belief, you, you know, as well as I do that if you go someplace where you're not supposed to be, you know, if you just mm-hmm. pretend like, you know what you're doing, people just oh, yeah. sort of leave you alone. So George just bamboozles her with what? what no, I'm he, like, he completely <laughs> commits. And I love this yep. scene. I loved this scene, even though, you know, obviously it's a little bit fantastical, but it's mm-hmm. a great representation of George. And I think it comes at the perfect time because while George may not have like a high IQ, like you said earlier, his like where he excels is being either mm-hmm. cunning or sly mm-hmm. or just yeah. kind of talking his way out of things, although he can equally talk his way the other way around. <laughs> yeah, but he right here, and I think we needed this scene like just to show how fucking good he is at what he does when he's on point with what he does and by what he does i mean his lie when he's on point (laughs) he's fantastic and it's the juxtaposition of the fact that someone else has to take his iq test for him but he's fantastic right here he's fantastic at being duplicitous he's fantastic at being Mm -hmm. a shitty human being (laughs) (laughs) so true so true. Uh, so back at Jerry's apartment, uh, George comes up and he lets everyone know that he, he got no, an he's 85. yelling from the street when, when Jerry's like, well, he's, what'd you get? He's like, yeah, an 85. Yeah, 85. <laughs> yes, he yells. You're right. He yells from the street uh, and, <laughs> and he comes up. Um, I do like his comment, you know, once he gets up. Uh, 
He says, you should have seen her face. It's the exact face my mother gave me when I told her I wanted to be a ventriloquist. (laughs) It's like the face of like utter disappointment of, you know, you're knowing that you're looking at a failure. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good line. Very good line. I got to say, and and I track that line, too, because knowing Mr. Marbles, knowing that stand up routine that we heard him, Jerry, talk about a few episodes ago about the ventriloquist dummies and how the feet never Mm -hmm. look quite right. Like, I feel like sometimes we get these tapestry insights into either Larry David's mind or Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> mind. And and it's there's a lot of ventriloquist dummies in one of their minds. Like, they think about ventriloquism a lot for some reason. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> did you did you get so, uh, Jerry's um, reference to Planet of the Apes when he was like, it's a madhouse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, 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 honestly... I knew it was from something. It was obvious that it was from something, but I honestly I didn't I didn't pick it up that it was Planet of the Apes. Yeah, he was doing the Charlton Heston. It's a madhouse. Okay. Yeah, that's what he. But gotcha. yeah, it's like ah. And it, again, I I like when Jerry does these older references to to what I was just saying because I like that it's a little insight into him and Larry David or whoever was writing yeah. the episode. I like the little insights and it kind of it tells you like when they grew up. You know, uh, Planet of the Apes was a big deal back in what was what was it, late seventies yes. I think that when that came out. Um, but it was a big deal. Sure. Sure. Something like yeah, that. I think No, yeah. I don't want to say late 70s. I'd say early 70s. Early 70s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to look right now. Fuck it. We have this goddamn thing. Right? It, we're not living in an episode of Seinfeld. We actually have phones that have that. Uh, I was... Oh. Yeah, it was right at mid-70s. Oh. So <laughs> it was 74. <laughs> oh, no, no. That was the television series. Oh, shit. Then Planet Games. Oh, no, no. It was, it was uh, The movie was 68. Oh, so it was actually damn. earlier than both of us. Damn, I yeah. don't ever, th- I don't think of. Uh, okay, I never thought that was a '60s movie. Cool, I like that movie. I like yeah. the first one. I, I know I've seen it, um, but eh. I like the the more recent ones. They were really fucking good. Yeah, me too. No, those those were really fucking good. I I did like those. Yeah. The Tim Burton one. Not so much. Yeah, not so good. All right, all right. Let's get back to Seinfeld. <laughs> Planet of the Apes is really not something to have a good tangent on. Nah. Uh, nah. <laughs> okay. No. So Elaine wants to take the test again, and she wants you know she'll do it at Jerry's place, which honestly would make more sense for her to do in the first place. But yeah, so that's what she's gonna do. Um, and Jerry goes back to Babu's restaurant, and we see now you know okay some time has passed. Jerry said he's been kind of out of town for a week or whatever. Babu's demeanor is completely different. He has shifted from being that super eager and like, you know, he's excited to have a restaurant, excited to have a customer to where he's uh, he's legitimately like angry and frustrated at Jerry uh, who's come in for it. And, and, I, and I like seeing the juxtaposition, the shift in his mentality just makes it a lot funnier because in Jerry, Jerry doesn't notice it at all at, at all because he's he's got such a big head from helping this guy that he thinks, you know, everything is fantastic right now. Yeah, he's so wrapped up in his own delusions, his own delusions of grandeur. Yep. Uh, you know, so we see Elaine kind of taking the test and then we get a stand up bit about test taking. Yeah. Um, Jerry says basically uh, how every IQ test and I think SAT test, they have this little sample thing at the front show you and they basically show you how to fill in the circle. And, you know, he's like, that should be your first you know, indicator. If you can't fill in the circle correctly, then they someone should just come in there, pull you to the side and be like, you're, you're done here. This is it. And that was it. I was like, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was meh. And it was quick. It, it was, was wham bam. Yep. Yep. We get back to Elaine being done with the test, but Kramer busts into that restaurant, to, not the restaurant, to Jerry's apartment right at this time because he's trying to get away from the guy who wants his jacket back. And, you know, he, that oh, hijinks ensue, hilarity ensues. Um, and now Elaine is effectively trapped in that in, at the uh, at the apartment and she's going to be late with with the test. So then we cut to George, uh, who is basically busted with, from his girlfriend because the time is up and he doesn't have the test. And so he's trying to talk his way out of that one, and this time doesn't go so well. No, no, because George can't always win. <laughs> no, yeah, which is exactly. He can lie well like once or twice, but then, you know, he's exactly, he's going to get caught, you know, in his massive web of lies. <laughs> Jerry decides, you know, in his big fucking head again, so he's going to start kind of critiquing Babu's Pakistani food. Uh, And when he does this, Babu just unleashes on him. And I find it hilarious. And, you know, of course, we get the kind of the classic, you know, where he got, oh, you're a very kind man. Very Now we get very bad man, very bad man, you know, just that kind of thing and kind of shaking his finger, uh, which just turns into what you think of when you think of Babu Bot. Yeah, yeah which is... That, that's going to come... Yeah. Which is something that uh, apparently the, the finger-shaking thing, uh, the actor uh, who played Babu Bot brought to the table, and I think it tickled everyone on the cast so much that they kept, like, <laughs> doing it. Like, you know, seasons uh-huh. on, like, behind the scenes when they were talking to each other, uh, they would kind of do the finger-shake. But um, it's <laughs> worth it to go to uh, YouTube and watch the behind-the-scenes on this episode because they have some outtakes of when Babu, the actor, is sitting in that chair mm-hmm. trying to look sternly at jerry and he just can't he loses it you know and jerry <laughs> loses it and you could just tell that they're both having like a really really good time on nice. set but he said he could not even like contain himself because <laughs> jerry's i felt was just so funny it was good and and i mean and and jerry the character uh the things that he was saying god he was such a an a-hole man he was such yeah. an asshole he was <laughs> Very pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Elaine eventually gets to, uh, you know, Monica, George's girlfriend's apartment outside her window. But Monica is there. uh, And it's just kind of a funny little thing between them because she realizes that, you know, this is the person that was taking the test for George. And as Elaine is starting to say something, she closes the window on her, which I like. I think that was fantastic. She's going to turn in the test. <laughs> she still does that, but she's just like, yeah, fuck you. And closes well, the window. Well, I, I like how Monica, good. you know, says to her, uh, I hope you do better this mm-hmm. time. And Elaine thinks yep. that's like sort of a, a window to talk to her with, but no, yep. no, you're, you're, you're still like uh, c- complicit on this, you know? <laughs> yes. On this caper. Yes. Of this caper. Uh, so we cut to the restaurant. Restaurant, uh, or so we cut now that the now to the restaurant is now closed. Um, I think we're at the at their apartment right now. Um, no, they're outside. No, they're outside watching. That's it. right. That's right. That's right. I couldn't remember. Um, so, but that's done. Uh, Kramer doesn't have his jacket, so obviously Elaine had to get out of there, and she ended up or whatever. He he had to give his give the jacket up, and uh, we find out that Elaine got a one fifty one on that IQ test. Damn. She is smart. Yes. Uh, that is quite high. So um, I uh, 
Uh, actually, I was just going to look it up. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't actually know like what is good when it comes to IQ tests versus what's not great. Although, uh-huh. although I imagine from their reaction, 85 is not great. Uh, okay. So what, just, I don't know if this is correct or if, even if these scores are the same as what they are doing. Um, but it's, uh, this says 151 is quote unquote highly gifted. Hmm. Uh, if you're at the 145 to 159, you're highly gifted. If you're 160 to 179, you're exceptionally gifted. 180 and up, you're profoundly gifted. Okay. Um, and it says 68% of IQ scores fall uh, between 85 and 115. So that's the vast majority of people um, are under 115. Okay. So she brought, she basically brought George in right at the bottom of the average list. Yeah. The, yep. Yep. Like you're pretty, yeah, pretty low average intelligence. But I mean, yeah, uh, because 84 says borderline mental disability. <laughs> so, wow. so, so wow. 85, so it goes, it goes from average intelligence of 85 to 114 as average and, and 70 to 84 is borderline mental disability. 55 to 69 is mild mental. And then it kind of gets further and further. And, and that's, that's interesting. The only two times in my entertainment history that I've ever sort of had to consider IQs is this episode, which, you know, I was like, clearly mm-hmm. I had no idea. And, um, in Alien Three, one of the <laughs> one of the wardens, you know, that work on the prison planet, uh, everyone calls him sixty nine because I think like or sixty seven, something like that. Because uh, apparently the the uh, the inmates one time snuck a look at his psych profile and found that his IQ was like sixty seven, sixty eight, something like that. <laughs> and uh, so that's why they call him that as a you know they call him that as a number. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I bring it up is because as a kid. Uh, it was my only like sort of barometer as to what was acceptable <laughs> when it came to IQs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just looking at it, it's a massive bell curve when you look at it. Right. Like when you get to even like the 145, it is about like 1% of the population Yeah, is 145 and higher. And so like 151 is probably like, you know, half a percent of the people or less than that even. Uh, it's yeah, it's a, so it's a big old bell curve. And if you get up higher than that, then yeah, you're, you're ridiculous. Damn Elaine. Good job, Elaine, man. Yeah. Uh, and we get a stand up bit over credits. Oh my God. I didn't track that. I turned off the damn episode. Oh <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a legitimate, like, so it like went away and then, uh, like, you know, after the IQ test or whatever we find out, no, it, it, it there was a stand up bit during the actual credits of the episode. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Uh, maybe just because they're running out of time and they squeezed it in there. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it was odd. So, hey, sorry, guys. I did not track that at all. <laughs> I was like, I was uh, like, okay, I'm done yeah. here. I closed it down and I was like, let me pop open uh, YouTube. And I started watching the <laughs> behind the scenes. Because, yeah, when the hell does that ever happen uh, uh, on yeah. Seinfeld during the credits like that? No, it's uh, very rare. Shit. Wow. I Guys, so. this this was me, guys. This one was Corey. Your old pal Corey fumbled the ball on this one. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's go into our uh, general kind of discussion, final thoughts on the episode. Uh, what did you think about 
the cafe. Yeah, dude. I loved it, man. I love this episode. I think it's uh, well written. I think there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Uh, I think that the B storyline with the IQ test is not at all like realistic, but I didn't care. Mm-hmm. It was it was much more like it was a fantasy scenario with George like, you know, giving her the test out the window and explaining it away. But I think that the, the jokes came from that, how ridiculous the situation was. And I, I loved it. I loved Babu Bot, although I don't feel like that's Jerry's fault as to the the mm-hmm. restaurant shutting down. I imagine that has something to do with advertising on Babu Babu's end, and I think that Jerry's uh, advice was was very sound, although he was kind of a douche about it, un- unfortunately. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but. All in all, man, I think this is a classic one, and uh, I I loved it, man. I really, really enjoyed it. I would give okay. it. I would give it. What's our rating system? One to five. I would give it five. One to five is what I'm doing. I would give it a five IQ. Five out of five? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh I god, I was like, holy no, it's shit! Not a, it's not a five out of five. I was trying to. I was trying no. to bring it to the IQ thing. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed well, it, man. It I thought it was really good. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun episode. I thought. I okay. thought it was one of the better ones. Uh, I, I thought it was one of the very mediocre ones. Okay. Um, I mean, I love Babu. He's fantastic. He's a cute cute character and honestly you root for him you know you want i want him to do better than i want any of the main characters to do (laughs) to do well uh just you just like him other than that the episode is fairly meh i like the iq test stuff it's pretty decent kramer's storyline i don't give a fuck about which is the c storyline of the jacket thing i mean i do at least appreciate that they wrote in that the the jacket thing affected the situation of the other storylines um, so that's good. Uh, but in general, I thought the episode itself was fine, eminently watchable because it's eminently Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to me, it was more OK. And so I gave it two out of five Franks and Beans. Or sorry, no, 2.5. 2.5 out of five <laughs> Franks and Beans. And I wonder if, you know, if someone else played Babu Bot not as likably as he did, you mm. know, would that have brought the character down a little bit? But, I mean, yeah. this is... Up until the finale, this is the only time you see Babu, but you are a very bad man. That that lasted <laughs> yeah, forever. Like everyone knows what that is. So it's it's interesting to see that that like a side character in just sort of a random episode can be elevated as high as Babu Bot was. Yeah, I agree. I do find that particularly interesting as well. Because yeah, he I feel like he deserved more episodes. Yeah. I mean you get you get someone like Poppy. I like Poppy okay, but Poppy got like two or three episodes and it's like I don't need Poppy that much. Poppy is a one off. Yeah. But I, I was never, uh, never Babu, a fan of Poppy to be honest with you. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk need, about that when we get there. No, you're right though. You don't love Poppy. You don't need him more than once. I need a little bit more Babu. Yeah. Yeah, I think Babu. I I think and 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 it's it's the actor. I mean, the actor made that mm-hmm. character so incredibly likable. And uh, yeah, I think it's he's a standout for as far as side characters go. He's he's up there with uh yep. with Soup Nazi. I'd say Soup Nazi. I probably enjoy a little bit better, but he's up there with <sighs> with, with those uh, See, big characters. I was right. I I you know what? I knew there was another episode with Babu. I was about to say no, but like secretly when you said oh there's no other, I was like I was like I'm not so sure about that. Okay, but I gave you the benefit of the doubt yeah. and you were fucking wrong well, just like should, i knew you were well hey you should never give the stoner the benefit of the doubt when it comes to memory <laughs> recall <laughs> no we, we're gonna see him again in 1993 for an episode called the visa 
Oh, so and I do yes. remember this. Yeah, yes, yeah. And we that's get him brings, one more time. Yep, fuck, damn it, man, and the, guys. And I think I that's. Am... I think. I think you really. That one is really where you get the finger wag yeah. heavy on that one. Well, it's yeah, definitely. It it solidifies it with that one. Oh, yeah, dude, that's right. I forgot about that one. Good call, yep. buddy. Whew. I, I needed to check it because I was just going with it, and then I was like, man, I don't. I don't feel it's right. No, thank God for IMDb. Yeah, thank God for IMDb. Nice, dude. Good <laughs> so, one. All right. Well, this was a um, a mixed episode for old Corn Dog here. Uh, yeah. I, I did not perform that well this episode, but I sure did That's have a, a great time talking about it with you. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Uh, what else do you enjoy talking about out there in the world? Uh, you know, um, every other week I like talking to my buddy Zach about uh, old horror, cult horror movies from the '80s. This month uh, on podcasting after dark, we are doing an all return of the living dead retrospective and it kind of culminates with our interview with tom matthews who played uh freddie in the first return of the living dead movie and he plays joey in the second return of the living dead movie uh and occasionally i like to talk to my buddy adam here on the blast from our past uh podcast but before you tell us about that i just want to plug real quick my little side uh comic book podcast with my pal tess every week we talk about comic books on ongoing comic book discussion podcast and now adam tell me what you and your brother do on blast from our past podcast well we talk about all things nostalgia we do movie movie and tv show reviews as well as fan castings and album reviews and top tens all based on things mostly from the late 70s up through the mid 90s because uh, that's our nostalgia range and uh yeah besides that you know, you can find us on Instagram. We post every single day, unless I forget, which is rare, but it does happen. Uh, and <laughs> other things like that. Yeah, just, and, just check us out in general. Yeah, and if you want to hear Adam and I go head-to-head in some uh, retro pop culture trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you can listen to that on the Blast From Our Past Patreon. And uh, I won't tell mm-hmm. you who wins that episode, but uh, it's, it's a fun one. And then this it month, fun. you guys are doing... Um, an episode against you versus Brent from the Friday Five podcast. That's another yes, podcast on exactly. our uh, BFOP network. So another to- Beef Up Network podcast. Uh, and Brent did it. He is on the Friday Five podcast, so check them out if you haven't. Also rate and review them if you haven't. Also rate and review us if you haven't. Yes, yes. And if you do that, so. you will be a very good subscriber. Very good. <laughs> very kind. Very kind, <laughs> uh, you know, audience member. Very kind. <laughs> and we will catch you guys next week. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.